Keep it in mind. Very important for the homily. Two kings. Totally different. Two kings. Two prayers. One common problem. One common solution, both of which we all share, and all dependent on the Sunday of the Cross. The two kings, we meet them when they're children. We meet them as boys. We know their dad's name. One's dad's name was Jesse. Another dad's name was Hezekiah. Jesse was a farmer. Hezekiah was a king. The boys, David. And we meet them. I don't know how old David was, but we like to think, him, think of him as about 12, right? And we'll do that for today. We'll have him about 12. And we learned only a boy named David, only a little child. And we think about him out in the pasture, and they bring him in, and, and uh, Samuel crowns him, and all, all this goes on, and, and then the slingshot thing, and Goliath going down. But David becomes a great king. But David has one mammoth collapse. Adultery and murder. The other king, Manasseh. He becomes a king at 12 years old. David was a great king. Manasseh was the worst king Judah ever had. He was rotten to the core. His father was a great reformer, and he straightened all kinds of things out in Judah. All of his father's reforms were canceled by Manasseh. Not only did he cancel all the reforms, he moved the altar out of the temple out of the holy place in the temple, and he brought in idols to false gods. He set up all kinds of what are called in the Old Testament high places, places of phony, false spiritual worship. And he led the people astray more than any other king Judah ever had. He was so rotten you can finally have words to describe him. And he remained king for 55 years, longer than any other king of Judah that there ever was. If that isn't patience on God's part, I'd like to know what is. <laughs> Furthermore, at one point, he was taken into captivity with hooks. That's what I mean, in a jaw. Hooks, he was taken into captivity to Babylon. And when he was in Babylon, he repented of all of his sins. And tomorrow night, in Compline, we're going to hear the two prayers. The two prayers that deal with the common problem they had, their sin, and with which we share in the common solution, which is repentance and in the mercy of God in the cross. David's prayer, 
Most of you know it by heart, and Father Nicholas will do that prayer in just a few moments. Have mercy on me, O God, according to thy loving kindness. According to the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. And so on, and he prays that prayer after the prophet Nathan comes to him and points him out for his murder and adultery, and he says, You are the man. And David cries out, Have mercy upon me, O God. And Hezekiah, I mean, excuse me, Manasseh, I'm going to read you his prayer. We'll read it again tomorrow night. <clears throat> oh, Almighty Lord, this is the worst king Judah ever had. He caused more problems than any other king of Judah ever caused. Here's his prayer. O Almighty Lord, Thou God of our fathers, of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and of their righteous seed, who has made heaven and earth with all the array thereof, he knew a lot about that, who has bound the sea by the word of Thy command, who has shut up the deep and sealed it by thy terrible and glorious name, whom all things fear, yea, and before whose power they tremble. For the majesty of thy glory cannot be more born, and the, and the anger of thy threatening towards sinners is intolerable. He knew a lot about that. <clears throat> and yet, thy merciful promise is immeasurable and unsearchable, for thou art the Lord most high, of great compassion, long-suffering, abundant in mercy, and repentest of the evils against me. He sounds like a theologian, not a king, doesn't he? He sounds remarkable. There's nothing that you would disagree with that, would you? Astonishing that the worst king they ever had could pray this prayer. But it goes on. O thou, O Lord, according to thy great goodness, has promised repentance and forgiveness to them that have sinned against thee, and of thine infinite mercies have appointed repentance unto sinners that they may be saved. He understands this. He understands it. Because he's lived it. Thou, therefore. And in Matins, we're going to bow. We get down. The priest gets down. You get down. We get down on our knees. Thou, therefore, O Lord of hosts, has not appointed repentance to the just, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, who have not sinned against thee, but thou hast appointed repentance unto me, who am a sinner. For my sins are more in number than the sands of the sea. My transgressions, O Lord, are multiplied. My transgressions are multiplied. And I am not worthy to behold and to look under the height of heaven for the multitude of my iniquities. He knows what he's done. This is not rhetoric. This is reality. This is what he did. I am bowed down with many iron bands so that I cannot lift up my head by reason of my sins. Neither have I any respite, for I have provoked thy wrath and done that which is evil before thee. 
I did not thy will, neither have I kept thy commandments. I have set up abominations, uh, he sure did, and multiplied detestable things. Oh, that's true. Now, now therefore I bow the knee of my heart, beseeching thy grace. I have sinned, O oh Lord, I have sinned, and I acknowledge my iniquities. But I humbly beseech thee, forgive me, O Lord, forgive me, and destroy me not with my iniquities. Be not angry with me forever, by reserving my evils for me, neither condemn me to the lower parts of the earth. For thou, O Lord, art the God of, him, of them that repent. And in me, and this is why we do this during Lent, in great compline, so that you will be encouraged. For thou, O Lord, art the God of them that repent, and in me thou wilt show all thy goodness. For thou wilt save me that am unworthy, according to thy great mercy, and I will praise thee henceforth all the days of my life. For all the host of heaven doth sing thy praise, and thine is the glory forever and ever. If God can forgive Manasseh. The worst king Judah ever had. An evil, wicked, blasphemous man. If God can forgive him, God can forgive you. David, he's a different story. A great, good king. I don't identify very well with David. Because I don't see myself as a very good man. I have a lot easier time identifying myself with Manasseh. I don't know why I do the same stuff over and over and over and over again. My confession is the same every time. I never make up a new sin. <laughs> I just do the same old ones over and over and over and I get so discouraged why did I do it again how can I be forgiven I who have been given so much and respond so poorly I run the Manasseh in a sense, Manasseh prophesied in this prayer because he said, God, you are going to show through me how great your mercy is. I can understand how the man after God's own heart, David, can be forgiven. But Manasseh, that's another story. God's mercy extended to David and God's mercy extends to Manasseh, and God's mercy extends to you. But there's two things that, have, that are indispensable. Both men repented. Both repented. Both guilty. Both repented. You will not find forgiveness without repentance. We need to repent, and then we need 
forgiveness. Repentance and forgiveness. So during this Lenten season, most of you won't make it to Great Compline. That's okay. But you need to know the reality of what these prayers are that we pray in the Great Compline. And you need to be able to take the mercy and the forgiveness of God. What you want to do between now and Pascha is repent of all those old sins that you do over and over again because you're not that much different than I am. <laughs> and you do the same stuff. And you weary of repentance, do you not? Is weary of it. And you need to do it. Interestingly enough, you know how David's sins were forgiven? By that cross. Do you know how Manasseh's sins were forgiven? <clears throat> By that cross. No, you say that they were way before the cross. No, we read in Romans that in times past, God looked over. Sometimes the old King James said, God overlooked. So sometimes we thought, well, God overlooked their sins. No, he didn't overlook their sins. God overlooked from David to the cross. And God looked over from Manasseh to the cross. And it was through the cross that both were forgiven. There is no sacrifice that was adequate to forgive sins but the sacrifice of the cross. The blood of bulls and goats, it was only a type. A real type, but a type. But the cross is what it spoke of. So as Lent finishes, you need to do the repenting you need to do. And you need to do the crying out for mercy that you need to do. And then you need to accept the forgiveness of your sins. God restored Manasseh to his kingdom. Do you know that? He restored Manasseh. He went back to Jerusalem and was king again in Jerusalem and reigned 55 years. And God restored David. And God will restore you with repentance and forgiveness.